you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit www.therockonline.org. And now, a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Father, thank you so much for your goodness. Here we are, Lord, at the end of 2018. We made it. We survived. We overcame. Lord, we have been through the trial. We have been through fire. But Lord, you have protected and watched over your children. I'm thankful that right here, right now, this season, Lord, it's been one of the greatest harvests in the history of the Christian church over these holidays. Around the world, Father, so many testimonies of tens of thousands who have come to Christ. And we are grateful and thankful. Lord, we do believe that we're, we're living in those days, Father, that uh, have been prophesied over and spoken over. That, Lord, as we enter into 2019, we acknowledge and recognize we are desperate for you. The Christian norm is not good enough anymore. We need a fresh touch. We need, Father, ears to be able to hear, Lord, and the ability to change when we hear that which will change us. So as we, Father, enter into this next season of life, I'm grateful, Father, that you created four different seasons to remind us always that there is a new day coming new opportunities. The past is behind us. Today is the day that we're living in. But Father, you have called us to be a people of vision to see in the days ahead. And so today, as we wrap up 2018, I pray, Father, first of all, for a fresh anointing on my mind, on my lips, on the word that's in my heart, the scriptures that I'm going to read. Father, I thank you that your word never returns void. And I thank you today for the opportunity, Lord, just to have this one service so I can preach till three o'clock. I'm thankful for that opportunity today. The people have their coffee, their bellies are full, now they're hungry. I'm declaring it, I'm prophesying, they're hungry for your word. And so we're going to go until I'm finished. So I thank you today. Speak to us clearly, I pray. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. All right, all right. Here we are. 2018 is just about finished. And uh, as we begin to look into 2019 today, I'm going to kind of give a little tiny bit of the introduction of the introduction of the five-week series we're beginning. We're officially beginning it today, and it is titled To Pray First. And next Sunday, for all of you that are here, uh, on your seat, I believe we're going to do it this way, uh, there will be a book. It is a 21-day personal prayer guide. And it's titled Pray First. We have invested in this and printed this uh, fresh off the press. Uh, thank you, Matthew Lewis, for doing a great job. Put your hands together for Matthew. He worked really hard over the holidays. But uh, this book is ready. And uh, it took everything I had not to just preach out of it this morning because they're just page after page. It's deep, rich stuff. And so you're going to be given one of these next 
Sunday morning on January the 6th. Staff, listen to me carefully. Uh, I have added a service for 2019, and we're going to actually launch our prayer and fasting next Sunday night at 6 o'clock. We're going to have a Sunday night live. I just added that. I asked Holy Spirit for permission. Then I told Ron and Suzanne. Suzanne just laughed at me. Uh, but anyhow, for those that want to come, you don't have to come, but for those that want to come, we're, we, we had already planned to launch the time of prayer and fasting uh, at 6 p.m., but we're just going to gather for an extended time of worship and waiting on the presence of the Lord as we enter into 21 days of fasting, 21 days of corporate prayer. Literally every single day for 21 straight days, uh, we will be praying together at some point in time here in the house. Next Sunday morning, uh, we're going to have, I believe it's going to be on social media, Facebook, the webpage, uh, but we're going to have on your uh, week to week that's on the uh, seats, uh, we'll have a schedule of every time we gather for corporate prayer, and it will be seven days a week. On Saturday mornings, all three Saturdays, uh, we will be praying at nine o'clock. The full worship band will be here, and we're going to have an hour of intense just press in worship and prayer time together. Corporately, we're going to be praying for lost souls for 2019. We're going to believe that we're going to see the greatest harvest of souls through the people of the Rock of Gainesville. Come on, somebody, that we have ever experienced in the history of our 31 years together. We're believing it here at the Rock of Gainesville. We're going to believe it that everywhere we go in the mission field next year, that we're going to see significant numbers of souls come to Jesus Christ uh, in 2019. I believe that we're closer than we've ever been to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that we need to be prepared as a bride, and I don't believe that Christian Norman normalcy is any longer any good for us. We have to get more desperate for God than we are for anything else in the world. Desperate, hungry to hear God. I was crying out a few minutes ago during worship. I said, God, I'm 61 years old. I've experienced so much amazing stuff, but I don't believe that you don't have something new and fresh for me. I believe into my 62nd year, my 63rd year, my 65th year, that you have something significant and special for me until that time for me to depart this world. And if it's before Jesus returns, so be it. But I want to be going from glory to glory. I want to break off the yoke of heaviness, break off the yoke uh, 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 of the enemy over our lives, and just once again say, man, I want the freshness of God. Amen. Anybody else with me in here? Anybody else want some of this? Anybody else hungry for the things of God? I believe that as we pray first, say that out loud. Pray first. Let me just pray a prayer about this right now. Father, we don't even know what that means. We're quick to go to the medicine cabinet, to the banker, to the doctor, to the therapist. Help us in 2019 to learn how to pray first. Lord, we're thankful for our bankers, our doctors, our nurses, our therapists. But God, you're the one that has the answers. Help us. Help us, no matter where we are on our journey with you in life right now. Help us to go back to that place. If we need to go back, help us to go back. If we need to go forward, help us to go forward. Whatever it is, Lord, that we will put you first in our life. 
I pray that in Jesus' name. If you agree with it, say amen. amen. All right, so I want to read a, couple, a scripture. Uh, I'm going to read a lot of scriptures today, but uh, you, you know this. It's very familiar. Turn if you want or, what, or read it off the screen, but a time for everything. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 through 8. It says this, number, verse 1, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. I don't have time to preach this. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn. I love that, that it says mourn first, then dance secondly. A time to mourn and then a time, say it, to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. Time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love. A time to hate. A time for war. And a time for peace. Don't get bogged down on verse 8. A time to love. You say, okay, I got that. A time to hate. Oh, yeah, we need to learn to hate what God hates. We need to learn to hate what God hates in our own lives. The things in us that we've just gone back to. Many of us have gone back to things that God once delivered us from, and we've taken too much liberty in some things. I want to tell you what. Press into God, and you might once again start hating some of the things that you have grown dependent upon now. Amen? Don't preach me down here this morning, but I'm going to say a few things. So one of the best places to begin reflection is in remembering. My wife, uh, the other day, we were off on a little family vacation with all of, most of our kids. Uh, one of the families weren't able to go, but we were up in the mountains. You're a good man. We were up in the mountains. Probably even got the one I liked too, didn't you? Everybody's got a cup. Just join me right now. There you go. Nobody else get up and leave for coffee, though, okay? That's the last one till after service. There we go. Shut down the shop. So we're up in the mountains with our kids, and, and uh, we, were, we were having really a sweet time, if you can have a sweet time with so many people and so many children in one house. But it, it was a nice, spacious house, and, and, uh, but, but I, every day it was just pressing on me. Sunday's coming, and I wasn't prepared, and every time I would, would try to find a place to prepare, one of the little kids wanted some Baba time, and you know, you just got to give some Baba time when, when Baba time's required, and, and uh, uh, one of the the other the other day I literally I'm not bragging on myself or anything but but uh, the other day we were it was freezing cold windy and we we tried to take the kids to a park and and I, Suzanne and I were bitter cold we were like we're gonna do a coffee run anybody need anything we'll buy so we went to get coffee came back and stepped outside the truck it was still bitter I was like get these kids back in the truck so we all got them all loaded and then we're trying to figure out what next to do and, and I said look Bob will take all the kids. Boy, you should have seen their eyes. Bam. Mama's eyes. Bam. She's like, you sure, honey? Okay. And she was like, gone. The, the, the kids were like, Dad, you sure? I don't know that you could. You know, I'll say, I said, look, I got all seven. You get them strapped in my truck, and I'm going to take them. So uh, as we we're driving off, I said to Ollie, Ollie, I'll see you tonight. She said, no, Dad, we'll be back in an hour or so. It was dark when they came home. But <laughs> it, it, anyhow, so we're, we're riding around. I got the kids, and we, I mean, as soon as those parents were gone, I stopped that truck. I turned, and I said, it's Baba time now. There ain't no complaining. There ain't no griping. 
There ain't no whining. No, 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 no whining with Baba. And, and so I laid down the rules and I said, but we're going to have fun. And boy, they went crazy. We, we're going to have fun. So we did our thing and, and we got in the house. We decided to watch a movie together. And we, I got them all down. So one of them, I want to do an iPad. No, we're doing it together. That's a family. Man, I stacked up the iPads Stuffed them in a closet. I took the phones away. I took everything. I said, we're going we're gonna to do something. We're doing it together. So, so we started watching a movie. We're laughing, man. And then all of a sudden, little Scarlett, the, the youngest of the group, the youngest of the 10, she backs up to me and she goes, Baba, poop. Oh, Jesus. I forgot about that. There was one left that was not potty trained. Oh, my goodness. And about the time she said poop, the smell was right there. I said, okay, baby. And so I'm trying to get up out of the chair. And, and next thing I know, she's off and running. I said, baby, where are you going? She comes back. She got diaper in hand and, and wipes in hand. Come on, somebody. I think it's time that she knows where the where the potty is right so so she got the wife she's got the diaper and, and man I, so I said baby lay down she she like she don't like to lay on that stuff so she kind of wanted me to help her lay down on her back so she could keep her her, her booty up you know and, and so man I opened that diaper and I started praying in tongues <laughs> Jesus is this what you put up with us sometimes? You open up our diapers as grown adults, and this is what you're having to smell. And the Lord, man, is just wanting. There's a time to grow up. Well, Scarlett's not there yet. So, so man, I went, to, I went to pulling out wipes. It wasn't a one wiper, a two wiper, a three. It was a five wiper, man. It was, it was serious. But by the time we were through, we were done. We, we got clean bottom, and we got a smile on the face. And she gets up, and I said, baby girl, what are we going to do with this? And she literally takes me into the kitchen to get a plastic bag to put the diaper. Come on, somebody. And to tie a knot. And we took it outside. I went back and got in. And then she came up and she crawled up on my lap and went sound to sleep. Come on, somebody. And you know what? I started thinking about, isn't that just how Father God is? He will clean up our mess. And then he'll let us crawl up in, our, in his lap and go, Papa, Father, thank you. Thank you for loving me I mean I didn't see myself as God in any shape fashion or form but boy I saw God in the action and that is there, there have been times come on anybody besides me God's had to clean up your mess lately I mean it's a seven wiper too it's not even a six wiper I mean God's got to use some stuff to get you cleaned up and then he lets you crawl up in his arms and rest and man, she went to sleep, sleep. Finally, about an hour of cuddling, I went and laid her in the middle of my bed. And she slept into dark time. And then the parents had to deal with the middle of the night stuff. <laughs> so one of the best places to begin reflection is in remembering. Think about that for a moment, in remembering. Just think about that for just a, a moment. Just... That is really a good cup this morning, whoever made that. So write this down. Adversity brings opportunity. Oh, a couple of you. Adversity brings opportunity. 
So as we pause to remember the events that took place in 2018, especially the problems, anybody in here besides me have a problem in 2018? Just, just one problem, not a hundred of them, just one problem. Or a challenge, you had a challenge that you faced. Maybe like me, you even had uh, 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 someone that you loved dearly depart this world through the door of death. I had three this year. Three that, that I realized they marked my life. My father, my spiritual father, and my older spiritual brother. You don't just lose three men in your life in six months that it doesn't mark you. I don't care how strong you are. I was marked and didn't realize. I, I've been going through the last couple of months just times of reflection and, and loss. I mean, just the reality that, that I miss that relationship. Well, with the good news for all of us as believers is, man, that miss is temporal. But you know what? It's still real. You lose a dad or a mom, it's real. You, you, only, get, you only get one each of those. You can have all the spiritual dads and moms and fake mommies and daddies in the world, but you only have one mom and one dad. And, and when they depart this world, it doesn't matter what the age is, there's a loss. There have been times when I've longed to hear Apostle Ball's voice just one more time. Thank God for 2018. We can just, we can just pull up all kinds of gadgets and, and hear the voice again, hear a message that was preached. I still have my dad on my, on my voicemail from his last call to me, two minutes and 58 seconds. And every once in a while when I see a picture of him, I just, I just open up and listen. I guarantee it has something to do with Gator football. <laughs> you know, I told y'all that after Florida got beat by Kentucky and dad just saw the doom and gloom that the season was over. He just was like, you know what, I, I don't need 100. Y'all might need 100, but I'm, I've been ready to go anyhow. I was just waiting around a little bit longer to give the Gators one more chance. And, and uh, Suzanne said yesterday as we listened on our travel back from the mountains, we were listening to the game on the radio, and, and she said, I bet your dad's in heaven ha just having a good time. And I said, I bet my dad don't give a rip about the Gators right now anymore. I mean, there are so many things that are so valuable and important in our life here that one day we won't even reflect on. I believe it. I believe that there, when we see him face to face, we can't even comprehend what's going to happen in our lives and hearts. I have a feeling you need to learn how to fall flat on your face now just to learn how to do it because I got a feeling when we see him for that very first time, you're going to be looking down to look up. Because there's something about the Christ who died so that we could live. And not just live, but live for eternity. So I'm certain of this, that even though we have loss in our life, we do not need to allow loss to define us or change us from doing the will of the Father. He knows our pain, and his grace is sufficient. His mercy endures forever, and he strengthens us when we are weak. So even though pain is real and it hurts, we are not limited to live simply by 
that pain. You see, I believe life is a choice. And I believe that even in the midst of our pain, we can get up and go, you know what? I'm going to choose to honor the past by the way I live in the now. And I'm going to look to the future. Because as long as God gives me breath, and as long as I have blood running through my veins, and as long as God is still speaking and has a purpose and a plan for my life, I can choose to live it. I do not have to be bound by my emotions, my pain, my past, my affliction. I can live in the now moments because Jesus is in the now. Today is the day. Today is a day of salvation. Today is a day of the presence of the Lord. Today is a day when you can put all your past failures behind you. Put them under the blood of Jesus, and you don't have to be bound by those any longer. Man, I look around this room, and I see some of you, every time I even talk about sin, eyes go down, heaviness of heart, because you have yet still not learned who you are in Christ Jesus. So when you mess up, and Jesus said you would mess up, therefore, he was already prepared to be the propitiation of all of your sins, past, present, and future. Therefore, when you come to know who you are in Christ, therefore, those things no longer have the ability to control you and keep you bound. Up. You no longer live under condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, living by the Spirit and not after the flesh. So even though we all mess up, we're all forgiven as soon as you come back to the cross. And he is right there right now. Well, adversity can produce positive life changes in us if we'll allow it. I read an article this weekend, and I just kind of typed out a little bit of it. I'm going to try to remember it, but it was an article about a guy named Robert McFarlane. And for those of you that are old enough to remember, he was the what? Anybody know? He was the national security advisor under President, come on somebody, my man, Ronald Reagan. I served in the Air Force under President Reagan. What a privilege. As my commander-in-chief, he was pro-military, pro-America, pro-life. And, and this, this, gen, the, the, this man, Robert McFarlane, served under him. He, but before that, he was a 20-year veteran in the Marine Corps. But he was also the architect of the Iran-Contra plan. And as you know, that plan failed miserably. And when it failed, he immediately resigned his position. And listen to this, later on, attempted suicide. But for God. But for God. He had a life-changing encounter with God. After that experience, a life-changing encounter. Some people come to the altar and want to make it to heaven, but they don't want God to be Lord of their life. Paul had a life-changing encounter with God on the road to Damascus. One day he's killing people like us. The next day he is us. Because he had an experience, an encounter, it changed his life. He wasn't just looking for an easy path to heaven. He had an experience, an encounter that forever radically changed his life. Well, this man, Robert McFarland, had the same one. And a few years later, after this experience, he was invited to speak at the National Prayer Breakfast. And as I read this, man, it just so, just, it was sobering. But he's, he described the power that he had achieved. 
He said the ladder of success that he had climbed through the years was exhilarating. He told how that at the arrival of the top of the ladder that he found there was nothing. He gave his whole life climbing a ladder that when he reached the top, there was nothing. Only after falling off the ladder, he declared, did he discover that his ladder was leaning against the wrong wall? Wow. Imagine spending your whole life climbing a ladder that's against the wrong wall. He said it was at this point that he had an encounter that changed his life, an encounter with his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said that he found that life really consists of only two things, love God and love God's people. And that's it. Wow. I don't want to spend my life climbing a ladder that has nothing there when you reach it. That's sobering. That's a sobering thought, that you would give your life to something. And so it's at times like this, seasons like this, where we come once again to an end of the year, the beginning of another year. A lot of people make a lot of, you know, false statements and, and false hopes, and they, and, and they declare certain things that they're going to not do or do as they enter into a year. Almost always it has to do with gaining weight or losing weight or going to the gym more. Can I tell you something? Can you put all that at the altar of the Lord this year? And you know what? If you'll just start 21 days of prayer and fasting, the rest of it will take care of itself. Instead of making all kinds of commitments that you have no ability to walk out, how about making two commitments? I'm going to pray, I'm going to fast, and I'm not going to do anything else for 21 days except the essential. I'm going to go to work because I have to go to work. And you got to do you gotta, you got to fast in whatever level of grace you have. If you have low blood sugar and you got to eat a little something to be able to make it to work, then you got to eat a little something. You can't go to, to work and tell your bosses you're sleeping on your desk. Uh, you, you, he just needs to have grace because you're praying with the church and, and uh, in 21 days you'll be back to work. No, that, that's not going to work. Okay, so you got to do whatever you got to do. You got to fast within your grace, within your ability. Maybe you could fast lunch or maybe you fast supper. Maybe you fast all your sweets or maybe you're fasting something that has to do with food. But I want to encourage you in this. Almost all of us need to fast social media. Almost all of us need to fast television. Especially if you just have shows that you love to watch. Suzanne and I, we have some shows we love to watch. We record them. Come on, somebody. This is 2018. Who in the world watches television without being pre-recorded? Who, who has, who has, y'all are crazy. I mean, you just sit there and watch. I, I, I was watching Hallmark. Come on, somebody. I'm watching a Hallmark movie the other day, and it got so bad I started counting. Four minutes of the show, seven minutes of commercials. I'm like, I'm pulling my hair out. I can write the show. I can, I, I, I can actually produce the show. And I can have the show finished before the next commercial is over. I mean, it's like, you got to be kidding me. This, this, this is a trial in, in character right here. It was easier climbing up and down the mountains with seven little kids than, than enduring the, the, those commercials. Because have you noticed lately how much the world is projecting their stuff? Pandora, Jared's, Capital One. I'm not going anywhere with it. I'm going to just leave that, but you know what I'm talking about. They're projecting subtle deception 
of the enemy trying to convince us that we can be whoever we want to be. We are our own gods. Want to be a male? Be a male. Want to be a female? Be a female. Want to be both? Be both. But that's not what God says. God loves us all, even in our confused state of mind. The other day, I was really needing to go to the bathroom. We were at a Starbucks, and I pulled in, and, and, and I, 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 I walked in that Starbucks going, I don't care his or hers. Right now, I feel like I got to go. <laughs> and, and so I'm just deciding. I'm going to knock on the door. If ain't nobody in there, I'm going in. I got to, and I was so happy. They didn't even have his and hers. They, they just had toilet. <laughs> Two of them. Use either one you want. Close the door and lock it behind you. Amen? But you know what? God knows how he created us. And he knows for what purpose that he created us. So I want to give you three things that I want you to consider as we wrap up 2018 and enter into 2019. Three things. I'll give you some scripture to go with each one of these. Number one, the first one is this. Remember the past. I want to just uh, give credit to my wife because she gave me these three points that I'm preaching right now. So uh, number one, remember the past. Reflect on this past year. Listen to this. What were your victories? Man, you need, to, you need to look hard. Paul said it this way. If there's anything good, find it. I mean, that's my version of it. But find it. If there's anything good, find it. Some of you have had a lot of struggles. I've had, I, I think, more struggles in 2018 than, than I've ever experienced in my life. Not only in, in my personal life, but even in, in pastoring. I, I, I struggled this year in some things. I struggled with discouragement. And, and I hate it. I, I hate when your emotions are just empty. I hate it. And there are times when, but God, I mean, but for God, you would just, you just want to go, I'm, I'm done. And, and I, I hated that feeling of feeling so attacked at the enemy that I didn't have even the energy to fight right. I'm confessing my soul. It's okay for you to confess yours to God. Yeah, I'm confessing to all of you, but I've already confessed it to God, but, but just, to be real, you know? I mean, many of you had some real struggles this year in your life. Don't act like you didn't. Don't act like they didn't exist. Don't, I, I, I'm, I'm more of a man than I'm a, I'm a warrior. I, I get tired of some of these. I can't even read some of these man um, um, devotionals they put out because it's like, I'm a warrior, I'm a champion. And sometimes your champion butt is on your face, sucking carpet going, God, help me. I'm hurting like hell. I mean, the devil's been walking all over me, punching me in the gut. I don't understand what's going on. And, and don't you really hate it when your family's doing well, your, your, your family's healthy, your children love God, everybody's going to church, everybody's loving their spouses, and you still feel that way? You say, well, I don't, I don't get that, Pastor. Well, you never get it when you're going through it. But I know that when you go through it, it's just like years ago when I experienced the worst attack, panic attacks. I'd never understood that in my life. People come up and say, Pastor, oh, my God, they were just freaking out. Pastor, you need to pray for me. I'm having these panic attacks, anxiety, and, and man, I just feel like I'm dying. And I just like pray on and go, God, pray in the Holy Ghost, you know, get, go walk in victory. And then it happened to me. 
I don't pray that way over people anymore. I, I'm not apathetic anymore uh, uh, when people come up. I see it in their eyes before they ever open their mouth. And, man, I, I just wrap my arms around. I know what that feeling of, of, of panic and anxiety and feeling like you're going to die in the middle of the night, feel, feeling like something bad's about to happen. And no matter how much praying in tongues you do, man, it's, it, it is an attack that's got to be broken. It's spiritual warfare. I want to tell you, for a small season, I thank God for the doctors that helped me just get through the short period of it because it was a battle. I mean, every Saturday night for almost a year, every single Saturday night for almost a year, literally in the middle of the night, I'd wake up, heart racing, blood pressure up, heart rate, you know, running as high. I felt like horses were running around my chest. And every Saturday night, hearing the voice of the enemy say, you're going to die, you're never going to preach again. A couple times, I remember calling Dr. John in the middle of the night. Saying, Doc, I, I think I need to go to the hospital. He'd say, every time, Pastor, don't go to the hospital. You, know, you got a Benadryl. You got, you got anything that you can just take that will just calm you down. And, and I'd pray in the Holy Ghost. He said, well, I need to go to another church. This pastor's really messed up. He, I'm, I'm just honest enough to tell you. I've gone through struggles. I know what it's like. I know what it's like to hurt. I know what it's like to lose someone. I know what pain is. Don't deny it. Man, it, 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 in one sense, embrace it and say, God, in the midst of this, your promise is that in my weakness, you're going to be strong. And not only are you going to be strong, you're going to make me strong. You're going to make me an overcomer. You're going to help me to learn to walk through this. And here's the key word. Walk through it. Don't stop. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't take vacation. Don't go through the gates of hell and hang out. Whatever you got to do, you just keep you just keep walking. The other day when we were going on a family hike, I, I went in the garage and I found some hiking sticks. I was like, yeah. And so I grabbed me a hiking stick because, man, we started up some mountains. And, and I'm 61, and I'm watching my little three-year-old, four-year-old grandkids just shoot up. And I'm like trying to give them words of wisdom. Hey, slow down. Don't run. You're going to lose your breath. You're going to be sorry. And I'm just, you know, I just got the stick and I'm just, I'm just going along. And they're like, Baba, you okay? Come on, Baba. You can make it. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, I've lived long enough that now my kids and grandkids are feeling sorry for me. Come on, Baba. You can do it. Like, In your victories and in your struggles, let me ask you a question. How did Father God meet you in both? You need to reflect on that. You need to remember. In the victories this year, God was there. In my struggles this year, God was there. When I was hurting, God was there. When I have answers to my questions, God was there. God's always there. He never leaves us and he never forsakes us. Deuteronomy chapter 7. You can turn that clock off. I'm going to preach till I'm through. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. I'm not kidding, so whatever. <laughs> know, know therefore the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love. Say that. Steadfast love. With those who love him and keep his commandments, come on, to a thousand generations. You have not lived beyond a thousand generations. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father 
of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions. In all our afflictions, what does he do? He comforts us. You know what Paul's saying there, man? He's saying you're going to have afflictions. Don't, don't think because you have afflictions, God's left you. God's forsaken you. God, you know, you're no longer a person of faith. You got, you got your name it, claim it, frame it, tongue, you know, out of whack. And so God's, God's gone, ro roamed off. No, God never roams off. He comforts us in our afflictions with a comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Number two, live in the now. Live in the now is vital. It, it, it is vital. You cannot... Set your chair in the seat of yesterday. Don't sit in the seat of yesterday. Live it, experience it, overcome it, rejoice in it, and move on. Because nothing about yesterday is going to change today. It's done. Victories need to be put on the shelves, and the defeats, failures, and struggles need to be put behind you, forgotten, because today is the day. Live in the now. So what is God doing right now in your life? That's a heavy-duty question. What is God doing right now in your life? If right now there is not a stirring in your heart, a thought of what God's doing you with me need desperately to set aside these first 21 days to pray and hear God. If you cannot say one thing I see God doing right now in me, we've gotten outside of the place of faith and we're trying to live for God out of our emotions again. What's God doing? What is he calling you to do? Not tomorrow, today. What is he calling you to do today? What do you need to remind yourself of so that you can walk in his plans for you today? Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 through 34. I'm not going to read it all, but it says, Therefore, be not anxious, saying what? What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Blah, blah, blah. What shall we wear? He said for, man, even the Gentiles seek that stuff. But he, he said, verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Listen, if you're living right now in a place of great victory, I mean, it's like whatever you touch, God's blessing, you need to rejoice in that, embrace that, and glorify God in that. And not think more highly of yourself than you should. And if you're going through so many struggles right now, you can't even remember how to spell victory. Don't waller in pity, but look to God. So if you're living in that season, man, we have those seasons. Can I just tell y'all, Alabama one day is coming down. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a season. I, I, mark your calendars. I'm a prophet here today. I'm telling you, there's going to be a day. Saban's gone. They're going to get another mediocre coach, and they will not be. I mean, why'd they even play those games yesterday, right? Everybody said Alabama and Clemson, best two teams in the nation. Well, why didn't they just play those two teams? Money. But it's a season. 
I stand in Starbucks. I, I visited a few Starbucks on our week vacation. Ingalls Grocery Store in North Carolina, everyone has a Starbucks right when you walk in the door. Man, I just walk in the door. What do you need? Coffee. <laughs> uh, you know, I think I came for toilet paper, but I need coffee. So I stand in line, and this little old man turns, and he's got his FSU hat on. You know I couldn't resist. I mean, it's been a long time, right? Like five years or six or 60, I don't know, but it, it didn't seem like forever. So I said, rough year, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, pretty rough this year. I, well, I'm a Gator fan. <clears throat> His wife turns around and goes, ha. And I said, look, come on, seriously, give me a break here. Y'all been all uppity up for the last five, six years. So what goes around comes around. And what comes around right now is going to go around. So I know right now I need to be rejoicing. Woo! We beat FSU. Wow. Mary Ann Thompson Hill, one of the beloved moms, sisters, daughters of this house. The only flaw <laughs> that she has in her whole life. She's this amazing woman. How many of y'all know Mary Ann's an amazing woman? But, but God allowed her to have this one weakness, this one flaw. Uh, and it's like her, it's her cross to bear. <laughs> Love you, Mary Ann. Number three, consider or plan for the future. You got to live today. Be careful that you, you don't live today talking only about tomorrow. We got one more day, 2018. Man, w w what can God do in one more day? Oh, you, you ask. Missions.me, Peru, 2019. Tomorrow. The last day you can sign up for early registration and save $400 on this mission trip. $400 off the total cost if you sign up by tomorrow. You say, what's so significant about that? I believe God is allowing the Rock of Gainesville to be a part of the single largest, greatest missionary outreach in the history of the Christian church taking place over 10 days in June of 2019. Hear me. We need some more doctors. We got a bunch of doctors going. We need some more nurses. We got some nurses going. We need some more. We need some medical people. We need people that just love Jesus and love kids. All you're going to do for 10 days is just love on kids. You don't have to preach. You don't have to get up on the stage. You just love kids. And, and I believe that we're going to be a part of seeing the greatest single number of people come to Christ in the shortest period of time in the history of the church in the world, not in America. You say, Pastor, how, how do you know that? It, it's all documented. We, we are believing for 10,000 missionaries at one time to cover the nation of Peru. The mountains, the Amazon River, and the cities. And to be a part of something so significant. This morning I was just thinking about it as I was praying early this morning and I thought, what an amazing time. Here, all year, 2019, we're going to be serving our city. We're going to be ministering in Gainesville. We're going to be touching lives. We're going to be preaching the gospel. We're going to be going into our community. We're going to go into the hospitals and, and the colleges and the universities and, 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 the, and, and the places of business, retail stores. We're going to be taking our faith everywhere we go. But we're going to have an opportunity 
to be a part in a very short period of time of something significant. One more day, you can save $400. Three people going, that's 1200 bucks saved right there to be a part of something that's going to be significant. Oh, you're going to be stretched? Absolutely. You're going to need to be prayed up? Absolutely. You're going to need to overcome some, some intimidation, some fear, maybe some personality stuff? Absolutely. Is God going to work on you while you're gone? Absolutely. You might find yourself flat on your face before God. Because every single day we spend hours before we go out into the field, we spend hours in worship, encouragement, encouraging words being preached, ministry time, laying on the hands, prophesying. Man, men of God, women of God walking around just powerful, laying hands on people and people just falling out in the presence of God. All in preparation to go out and just love on lost people. Hear me. Making more money for 2019 should not be your greatest goal in life. Finishing your Ph.D. ought not to be your greatest goal in life. Your greatest desire and passion should be to do the will of the Father. To do God's will. Touch lives. What does the Father have in store for you? You might not ever find out if you don't make it a point to go into the place of prayer. God speaks to those who are hungry to hear. God will not chase you down. God will not take your headset off. God will not pull your AirPods out. God will not shut down your social media so you can hear him. Oh, it's getting quiet in here now. Somebody ought to sneeze or something. I should just pause and take a drink. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will what? He will make straight, straight your path. He will make straight to whom? To those who trust in the Lord with all of their heart. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. What are we called to do? Good works. We need to walk in that which God has for us. If you're in business, man, be faithful in business this year. Be diligent in business this year. I prophesy over your businesses. I declare over your businesses creative ideas, creative purposes, creative abilities, uh, a wisdom beyond anything you've ever experienced in the past. I'm declaring over every business owner in this place, 2019 is going to be a year unlike anything you've ever experienced before. Seek first the kingdom of God. And in doing so, remember that everything you're doing in business to be for the glory of God not so you can just have a bigger house more vacations and more times away from the house of God no it ought to be for the glory of God what can I do what 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 more money can I make to be used to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout the world what am I doing that's going to change lives starting with my very own life 
I will never apologize for standing here over the years, over 31 years, and saying to you as a people, please, 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 before you get to the end of your life and crawl in a box and say it is done, it is finished, man, get a passport and go somewhere in the world and share the love of God with a people that's not going to benefit you. It's only going to benefit them by your going. Don't say you can't. Don't say you can't. And if you live so long that you really literally can't, then give yourself to intercession and pay somebody else's way to go in your place. Not a portion of their way, pay their whole way to go. Because there's nothing more important than lost people getting the chance to hear the gospel and get saved. Look up here. Look up here. I want to see the whites of your eyes. Hear me one more time. There's nothing greater you can do in your life than to be a part of being, preaching the gospel to someone who's lost. Preaching through your words, preaching through your actions, preaching through your gifts, preaching through your abilities. There's nothing greater you can do than to do that and see them respond and come to Christ in your life. Anything else is you're climbing up a ladder that when you get to the top, there's just a door over it and there's nothing there. Give your life to that which matters. So that at the end, whether you're 30, 33, 63, or 99, you can say like Jesus and you can say like Paul, it's finished. It's finished. I've run the race. I've finished the course. I'll never forget sitting with my sister Cheryl just a few days before she departed this world. Still clear in her mind, weak in her body. I was laying up in the bed beside her, and she looked at me with such sincerity and honesty of heart. And she said, Brother, do you believe that I've finished my race? I said, sis, you ran past the finish line. And years from now, we'll still be seeing the fruit of your life. Today, we see the fruit of Paul. We see the fruit of Peter, of James, of John. Years after you depart this world, will there be some fruit left? Wow. I want, I want to live my life in such a way that when I'm gone, the waves are still, oh yeah, that's one of pastors, still coming through. Days, weeks, months, years, decades. You read the gospel of Paul, it affects your life. You get right with God and go do what God's called you to do. I believe Paul, talking about, what do you call this pyramid? Talking about a pyramid. Come on, somebody. Paul is still getting credit for salvations in 2018. Jeremiah chapter 29, my last scripture. God said to you and I through the prophet Jeremiah, he said, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. They are for good 
and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. 2019. We're going to learn to pray first. We're going to work our way through the Bible, through the Word of God, through this book. Over 21 days, we're going to say, God, you first. You first. I don't want to experience the Jesus movement spirit of 1978. I want to experience what God's wanting to do in 2019. I'm thanking God for 20, for, for 1976, 78. So many tens of thousands of people that are on the mission field today doing the work of the gospel got saved during the hippie movement. Come on, we're a new generation, and we need to have a new generation of people that are rising up saying, I'm going to give my life to that which matters most. Because everything I'm going to do, I'm going to learn to pray first. Don't make a move. I don't know who this is for. Some, somebody in here. Don't, don't, don't make a move. Because it, it looks right in the natural. Come on. Pray first. Don't take a job somewhere that's going to take you out of the family of God. You don't even know if there's a house of God where you're going. But you'll get up and run. Because they pay you 10 grand more. You better pray first. You better pray first. Don't get married just because you think, well, it's getting late. Oh, you better pray first. You don't know what late is until you marry the wrong person. Pray first. Before you go back down to that bank and borrow what you ain't got, no ability to pay for, pray first. Before you live one more life with no purpose, no plans, no direction, pray first. God help us to learn how to pray. Bow your head and close your eyes. Father, I thank you right now. You're speaking to us. You're talking to us. You're challenging us. You want us to know how much you love us. And how many good thoughts you have for us. A future and a hope for us. Help us. Do whatever it takes to start out this year. Cancel trips. Change plans. Slow down our lives. Because a year from now, it won't matter who won college national championship or the Super Bowl. But it will matter what's going on with our lives. I pray for us, the church, that we can hear and obey your voice, to know you, to receive you, to love you, and to make our lives count. As we next week, Father, join together corporately Help us to prioritize this first month of this 2019 year. Help us. Let us not use excuses, justifications, tiredness, weariness. 
we need to hear from you. We're desperate. With every head bowed and eyes closed and church praying for just a moment, you're sitting in this room this morning, you're watching online. And you're stirred in your heart today that there's something desperately missing in your life. And it's a personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. I want to lead you in a very simple prayer that if you'll pray this prayer, it'll set you on the path of salvation. And we will help you. We will teach you. We will nurture you. We will disciple you. We will love you. We will connect with you. But none of that can happen until you first make that decision. God first in your life. If he's not, if you'll pray this simple prayer with me right here, right now. No one knows, you know. Pray this prayer. The whole congregation is going to pray. And if you do and when you do, those watching online, email us, text us, call the office. Let us know. Those that are here, find a pastor, find anybody, find an usher, grab hold of somebody and say, I'm choosing God today in my life. But it begins with a simple prayer of obedience. Those who confess with their mouth, believe in their heart that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, shall be saved. Pray with me this prayer. Church, pray. Father God, in the name of your Son, Jesus, I declare today, I need you. You have not been first in my life. You've actually had no place in my life. But today, I'm asking you, come into my heart. I confess that I believe you. Father, I believe Jesus is your son. And I confess him with my mouth. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Cleanse me and heal me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a praise and faith that we believe that God is doing something significant in a few lives. So before PR comes real quick, just lastly, if you are considering praying, thinking about, I need someone to grab Melissa for me out of wherever she is. Because uh, I need Melissa up front. And you can come to Melissa, my assistant, Melissa Berryman. Uh, she has a jam shirt on, blue shirt on. She'll be here in the front. If you're at all interested, you got convicted in the last few minutes. You've actually considered about going to Peru, but you're like, oh, I don't have the money. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I've had a few people that went last year with us, and they really want to go. And, and, they, and they just said, well, Pastor, I just don't see a way possible. Come on, let's not give up on God. The devil does not put it in your heart to believe the Father to go on a missions trip. That's a God thing. So before you just throw in the towel and say, no, I can't afford to go, just ask God, Lord, if it's your will, then it's also your way. So God, God, when he calls, he anoints. When he anoints, he appoints. When he appoints, he sets. And when he sets, he always makes a way. God gives provision for his vision. But he's not going to just give you $2,200 and go, oh, by the way, why don't you think about going on a missions trip? Because you'll probably be down there laying it down for a down payment on a new car or buying some gadget that you don't need 
So you don't have it, but that doesn't mean God doesn't have it. I agree with that right there. He got it. He's got it. So will you consider? I, I, I struggle in how I say this because I need you. If there is a stirring in your heart, I need you to consider going. I believe we're supposed to take 50 people. We had over 100 initially signed up. But it, it's one of the most expensive trips we've gone on. I think it's 20, how much total? 20 without the $400 discount. Yes, $2,600. That's an expensive trip, 10 dates. Flying, leaving out of Gainesville, going to Peora, Peru. It's, it, you can actually find it on, on the map. It actually has a Starbucks. Come on, somebody. Jesus is sending me to a city in Peru that has a Starbucks. But it doesn't matter because I love Latin coffee, so I'm going to be drinking some of that anyhow. But, but $2,600 is no, is no big deal with God. But, but I really need you to consider. Because you're going to spend, some of you are going to spend that much money at Starbucks this year. Uh-oh. Ouch. Come on. So I don't feel guilty at all about taking a moment here to challenge you to at least strongly consider. Now, just because you don't sign up tomorrow doesn't mean you can't go. It just means you got to pay the $400 original fee. Uh, this $400 is a discount. They had to believe God. Mission Stop Me leadership team believed God, went out and believed God for uh, some businessmen to give several million dollars so that the 5,000 international missionaries that are going to go could have a discount help on their trip. So some business people have already given millions of dollars to enable us to be able to go with a $400 discount. So the rest, I believe you can believe God for. I believe he'll make a way. And if not, then listen, you're not off the hook. We're going to be doing some missions work right here in Gainesville, in Alachua County, the same exact week that the team is in Peru. We're going to be reaching our community right here for God. So encourage you in that. Next Sunday morning, when you get here on the chair, is that what we're doing, Tad? We're going to put them on a chair. So every chair will have one. Please don't take but the one that's on your chair. Uh, we will print more as we need them, but uh, we want to make sure that everybody in both services also remember next week we'll be back to two services nine o'clock and eleven o'clock uh, next Sunday so thank you so much for being patient with me today I took 21 extra minutes and uh, I, I appreciate that we're gonna have one service every once in a while so God bless you thank you for listening to this message from the Rock of Gainesville for more information about our church visit www.therockonline.org